Hey guys, we're Mike and Paige. We are college sweethearts. We've been married for 10 years. We have four pretty awesome kids and we live in the Nashville area. Uh, My wife and I, we love a good podcast and we appreciate a good story. So we decided to share ours. So thanks for joining us. This is Laugh So You Don't Cry. Well, guys, so like every time we do a podcast, we try to like split it up, you know, like the first part is like a funny story or, you know, something interesting. And the second part is like the lame stuff. We couldn't agree this time. Yeah, we couldn't agree this time. (laughs) Uh, It's true marriage. It's Yeah. So uh, instead of one story. You get two. Which is actually three stories because you get, you know, the beginning. It's like double appetizer, double apps. Double apps or double stores. Sometimes, Sometimes you're a little much. I'm always a little. I know. I know. Sometimes. Have you seen my sunglasses? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, thanks for joining in. Uh, we got two good stories for you. Today, I, this is my favorite thing. Uh, so, Mike and I have a lot of matching tattoos. And this is what I like to say about Especially this. the ones you can't see. Mm. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> uh, Mike and I have a lot of matching tattoos. And. A lot of times they get noticed. We have matching mustache tattoos. And today we would like to tell the story about that. So Mike and I were married for all of six months. And we go to dinner. And we lived in Washington and in Spokane, but Coeur d'Alene was 45 minutes away. So that's in Idaho. So we drove to Idaho to eat at a restaurant. Mike and I couldn't remember the details. I couldn't remember the Delicious details. Delicious potatoes in Idaho. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. I think we actually went to a pita pit. We went to a pita pit. Yeah, in anyway. Idaho? In Idaho. So maybe we went to the beach. Maybe that's why we were there. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So Mike goes, we should get tattoos. And I said, okay. And I said, what are we going to get? And he thought of mustaches on your finger. And I was like, that's a brilliant idea. So that when we have our kids, we can like hold our kids in our arms in a family photo and put our fingers over them. And like, we'll all have mustaches. Like, it'll be so silly. And guys, four kids in. We've never done that. We've never done that. We've never done that. Thanks for stealing my punchline early. Good job, babe. Good job. God bless. (laughs) Anyways. So we go to this tattoo place. We walk in, and this guy's like, hey, I'd love to do your tattoo. We tell him what we're thinking, and he's like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if we did this, like, white, brown, black scale, and it kind of, like, uh, gradiates. and yeah, like be... make, make it authentic, cool looking, you know? Yeah, make it cool. So you're like, cool, cool, cool. So we're getting all set up, and he was like, by the way, I'm an apprentice. <laughs> and he was like, no worries. The guy who's apprenticing me, he's going to watch this whole time, and if I ever mess up, like he'll fix it. It's not a big deal. So we were like, great, awesome, love it. We started getting a tattoo. And I want to let you know, guys, this is like, I have many a tattoos. This is the most painful one I think we've gotten. Mm. I would prefer having a child again over having this tattoo yeah. because it's on your finger, which doesn't have like any fat on it. And it's on the knuckle. Speak for yourself. <laughs> So it's on the knuckle, so tattooing right on that, that's just skin on bone. It hurt so bad, friends. It hurt so, so bad. So we get the tattoo, and we're like, oh, this is so cool. We took pictures with, like, us and our finger, like, over our, our uh, noses. and we'll, like. We'll find the picture. We'll post it on our yeah, Instagram. we'll post it on our Instagram. Laugh so you don't cry. Anyways, it was great. So about 
two weeks later, it starts to heal. And we notice, like, it doesn't look good. The white didn't stick very well. Nope. The brown just looked just, grainy. Our just, skin was rejecting it. Yeah, our skin was rejecting it. And they call that skin right there rhino skin, or is it elephant? Elephant skin. And it just, like, did not hold. So we go back to the place. <laughs> and we're like, hey, like, we... We got this tattoo from you, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, man. And what he told us originally was, when you get the tattoo, if you don't like it, then uh, the guy who I'm apprenticing under, he'll fix anything that I do. Yeah. So we're like, cool. Like, no matter what, it's going to be a legit tattoo. Yeah. No, friends. No. No, friends. Nope. <laughs> it was the apprentice again who came in and fixed it. And we're like, this time, can we just do all black? <laughs> and he goes in and fix it. The lines like don't even match up. It has a lot of blowout on it. It has a ton of blowout. It looks horrendous. And so every time someone's like, "Do you do you have a mustache, you have a mustache on your finger?" I say, "Listen, when you are young and in love, whatever your husband tells you is going to sound like a really great idea. And sometimes it is, and sometimes you end up with a mustache on your finger. <laughs> Not even that's like a faded mustache." It's true. It's, it's all gone. I mean, it looks awful. Mike, tell your story. So me and Paige were newly engaged, and uh, her mom comes out to, to meet me. This and, is like within days of meeting Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we and, had, like, you had FaceTimed them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I had, you know, seen them in some kind of way. Um, but so her mom came out with her best friend, Miss Amy. Uh, shout out to Miss Amy. We love that woman. She's incredible. So much. Um <clears throat> and we, so Paige and Miss Amy were out of the car. I don't know what happened. We were waiting for them or something. But for whatever reason, the, the conversation of vasectomies had come up. Now, keep in mind. My, well, you're my, new to be mother-in-law. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you she, weren't even in the family she, yet. She's been a nurse for like 30 plus years at this time. So like talking medical stuff is normal for those kind of people. Not for me. <laughs> um, um, I, guys, this is the environment I had growing up. Yeah. We always talked and, about this. And I think what the conversation was, it was like, you know, well, you know, we do want to have kids, but then, you know, like later on in life, like, you know, I, I don't want to get a vasectomy because at the time I didn't really know what a vasectomy was. I just knew that they chopped something off, I thought. <laughs> and I wasn't about to <laughs> put myself through that. Off. So, and my mother-in-law, being the educated woman, wanted to educate me. My mom has been a nurse for, like Mike said, 30 years, but also to give full context... My mom's a critical care nurse. My dad, I always call, is a dirty old trucker. Like, I grew up talking about sex like it's white bread. Like, we talked about it all the time. In a godly context, um, sex and marriage, you know, so on and so forth. But, like, like, we talked about sex all the time. There was no stigma in my house. Like, everything's free game. I grew up in a family that said, if you're old enough to ask, you're old enough to know. So... I knew about things I should not have known about <laughs> at like 10 because I asked. And I knew about things, but for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like We grew up differently. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so my mother-in-law decides to educate me about the wide world of vasectomies. Um, she <laughs> At one point, she gets like a pen and paper out. She, she gets a napkin out with, no. a, pen, with a pen. And she, <laughs> she draws... An anatomically, an anatomically correct nutsack, and 
like a little little slit in it, and she 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 makes a diagram something I mean, something you'd almost see in a doctor's office of what they do during a vasectomy. And in a medical textbook, <laughs> yeah, about the little you know they tie a little knot and all these little thingies like that, and then you know like you, you barely even know. She's like, it's in and out. It's not a big deal. Yeah. You're fine. Because like I, I didn't know. Like I saw like you know we're done having babies and the last baby. Won't they just scoop all her stuff out and make it so she can't have a baby or whatever? Scoop or, it or all out. Tie like I'm t- a pumpkin. Tie your tubes or whatever. Yeah, kind of. And so I didn't know, but. uh yeah, That's and then, so awkward, and, and then man. I remember Paige and Miss Amy came back to the car, and they were like, "What are you guys talking about?" I was like, "Vasectomies," as anyone would, as anyone would. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that was my first in, first real impression of your mother. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a real honest assessment of her. <laughs> it is. It is. You don't know about that? Let me show you. <laughs> so uh, still no vasectomy, guys. That that is on the that is on the books. That is on the horizon. I told Mike uh, that if he wanted to be done, that's fine, but that he's in charge of scheduling the vasectomy. Um, And I love my husband and I love men. Um, That's weird. Not in like a weird way. I paused because I was like, ugh. Uh, I love my husband and I love men, but I will also say that Mike has never had one doctor's appointment that he actually went to that I did not schedule. So that being said, in 10 years, Mike will get a vasectomy. (laughs) It's true. It's true. You can't even say anything. <laughs> hey guys, so as we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about this week, we decided that we would talk about some church hurt that we've experienced um, in our lives. I think it's really hard to be a part of any denomination within the church and not experience some because people out there be people in. You know what I'm saying? Like, people just. Stuff. Sin. No. Uh, <laughs> and that well, we is Mike and Paige. Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> this is last so you don't cry. Have a good week. <laughs> the end. No, we, uh, yes, I mean, something that me and Paige, uh, I mean, we've experienced in, in our life is church hurt. I mean, Paige was raised in the church. I mean, as you've heard in the past podcast, if you've listened, hopefully you do. Um, you know, she's she's a lifer. You know, so she she's had her own her own fill of it, and you know, and I've been in the church for twenty years now, um, pretty active, and I've experienced it myself. And so, I think um, it's hard not to. Yes, I mean it's hard not to, and and, and maybe you don't realize it, especially sure. like if you grew up it, like grew up in the church. Like I know a lot of people who are like realizing that their family was hurt when they were younger. A lot of people are like, this is a thing now, deconstructing your faith mm-hmm. and kind of, which I'm, I'm actually glad people are taking the time to kind of, why do I believe what I believe? Yeah. Um, and I hope and pray on the other side of that, that they fall in love with Jesus all over again. Um, I do think that if you question why you believe what you believe and you press into God, I mean, he's very clear that he comes near to you when you draw near to him. Um Anyways, so we're talking about our church hurt, <laughs> uh, and we're talking about ways that people just people. So, Mike, uh, you have a really big one that we're kind of gonna dive into. Yeah, this one, this one took a toll. Yeah, th- th- this one took a toll. Um, so, if, if you know us or you follow us on Instagram or whatever the case might be, um, I'm a heavier set dude. There's no real hiding that. Believe me, I've tried um <laughs> listen i love mike at this size different okay? colors you know different shades and 
you know, a lot, a lot uh, was it optical illusions <laughs> to oh make myself my look thinner? Um, no. Wearing um, like prism shirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reflect the light. No. Um, yeah. So, so I guess. At so, one point in time, Mike was 500 pounds. Yeah. So I was a hefty man. Um, very unhealthy. Um, needed to get healthy. Was Had tried to get healthy. But anyway, so I was, I you know, went to Moody Bible Institute to be a pastor and, um, did a lot of internships in my time there and after, and we were part of a church, and I was part of a ministry there, and, um, you know, part of that ministry meant, like, meeting with pastors and elders and, like, having them mentor you and, you know, kind of help you learn how to function in a ministry and how to help a a ministry function, and just, you know, church life, you know, day-to-day stuff, and... uh, With the end goal being, like... He would learn how what it's like to be a pastor of a yeah, church to be to get better equipped, you know, um, kind of like the whole ironing sharp iron sharpening iron kind of thing. <clears throat> so, I mean, randomly in a meeting, <laughs> a one on one was meeting. it a random meeting? Yeah, I mean, we had a weekly meeting, but it was like the conversation was random. Sure. Um, we had a we had me and this one pastor had weekly meetings, and um. He, at this meeting, just decided to inform me that, you know, like, there there are a lot of sins, pe- like, you'll learn that people hide. You know, like, people hide their drug addiction, their porn addiction, you know, like, they're cheating on their spouse, you know, like, those are the things that people, like, the sins that people hide. And they and, can get away with and it. And they get away for with the it because they can hide it. And he's like, but there are some sins that you can't because you see them. And he's like, in... You know, obesity is one of them. And he said to me that... Unfortunately, no church would ever hire you. Unfortunately, it's very unlikely that any church will ever hire you... To be on staff. Because of your weight. Can we just pause on that for a second? Like, ew. (laughs) Ew, ew, ew. Wildly unhealthy. Mm. But that hurt. What did that do in you, Mike? Uh... It added value. Uh, it added weight to something to it to a to a underlying fear that I had. Mm. Ooh, like validity. Yeah, like mm. something that was like you know, I, I I wonder if this is going to be an issue. It probably won't be an issue. And like because I I was always a, a heavy growing up, and it was always an issue. Like it was always an issue with people. I was always made fun of for it. You know, I was ridiculed and beat up as, as a little kid. For One being of the things overweight. when we started dating, you're like, you're the first person I've ever met who sees me for me, yeah, not because of my you weight. You didn't see me for my weight at all. And which was... Isn't that so sweet, guys? It is no. really sweet. Um, <clears throat> so, but it... Because of this person, because, because he was an authority in my life, because I was under him for an internship and because I was listening to what he said and I and I allowed it to have value and weight you know everything else he was saying this did the same thing it had value mm. and it had weight and so guys it had such an impact on Mike's life mm-hmm. that happened early in our marriage I think we were married for not even a year um and I think Mike has gotten healing from it in the last year year in the last year so uh so, so what, we're so talking what that, about like a solid nine years of pain so what that did to me long term because <laughs> it's been 10 years uh we got married my junior year of college and 
so I, you know, I was still in school, still studying to be a pastor, still, you know, working towards that goal. Um, it, I allowed it to begin to deteriorate my passion. In calling. And the Lord calling. had called you to be a pastor. And so... Because I because like I, because I couldn't snap my fingers and fix this this issue, it was like well, the issue of your weight, the issue of my weight, mm-hmm. like what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm trained to be doing, I I will not be able to do until this is fixed. So in the meantime, like, I'll just, like holding pattern, I'll just wait. Yeah, but he didn't vocalize that. <laughs> no, no, and. Mike and I had this like ongoing, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times we've had this argument of like, so do you want to be a pastor or not? Like, Mm -hmm. is that something you want in your life? I was like, then why aren't we applying for pastoral positions wherever? And he's like, we can't move because of X, Y, Z. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. You tell me where to go. We're going there. Like you get a pastoral position. I don't care if it makes $2 an hour. We're going because that's where God's called you and he will take care of us. And, but it and, really put us in that holding pattern. And it, it's not like it's not like that one thing was like the echo that kept echoing. And it was like every time something would come up, an opportunity, it was like, oh, you're too fat. Nobody's going to like you if you're too fat. No, like it, it was this. Um, it felt like that. Can I be honest? I mean, oh, I'm, I'm sure, always going to be I'm, honest. Yeah, I'm but sure it did. It really felt that way. Um, but what it. What it did is, is it is it stifled the fire. Like it, it, like it, it, it kind of put it out. Like it was like, because, you know, in college, I, like, I, I loved Moody. I loved going to that college. I loved doing ministry. I loved everything about it and it felt great. And it felt like it was my calling and it, it all, it was like, I can do this because I'm equipped and because I'm called to do it. That's why I can do this. And then somebody said, but you can't do it because of this. Mm. And so the reasons that I was able to do it before didn't matter because something that an issue that had been in my life, you know, my entire life, an issue that was very sensitive to me. Like Also, it was an issue in your life when God called you to be a pastor. Yeah. Let's just put it out there. God yeah. who created the universe saw Mike bestowed this calling upon your life, gave you these giftings and abilities, your weight was not a factor. Just yeah. like Moses' inability to speak was not a factor. Yeah. And and ultimately, I mean, like, and now, like, uh, even even now, like, I don't think I'll, I've ever met a, a, a man or woman who's a pastor, not a pastor, who's a Christian or not a Christian, who doesn't turn to something or anything when things get frustrating or things get hard. You have a rough day. You want to sit in your car for ten minutes and have that silence. You come home. The ultimate goal is to turn to Jesus. Yeah, the ultimate goal is to turn to Jesus. So, yeah, should I use Jesus as my comfort instead of a plate full of food? Yeah, I should. When things went down uh, and I ran to Disney, I heard very clearly that the Lord told me to go into my bathroom and kneel before Him, and I ran to Disney. Mm -hmm. Like, could have saved our fam four thousand dollars. (laughs) <laughs> Could have just come before the, lo- the Lord, come before the throne of the Lord and given it over to him. Yeah. And instead I ran. Yeah. 
And Ain't no better than Jonah. And instead of looking at and guys, at this point, like at this point, I was pretty much at like the height of my my college. Like instead of looking at all, Mike the was like Mr. Moody. Oh, I'm telling. He's like shaking his head, but I'm going to tell this. Okay, so I was like never going to date someone from our college. I met people, and I was like, hey, I don't date, so let's like just that's not a factor in our friendship. Challenge accepted. That's what I saw. So, so Mike was like. Mr. Moody. He was on student council. He was in charge of student activities. He was an RA. What else? I mean, like you were. I, I had keys to the school because I had. I oh, you were a janitor at the, the school. Morning, yeah, I opened up the so, school. So, like, the there was no obtaining any higher than like Moody status. And like, I met Mike at the highest hilltop I've ever. Well, I don't know. You're you're getting close to that hilltop, like. The highest I've seen him was when I met him, and he was, like, living in his calling, really. And uh, that's what really attracted me to Mike was that he was, like, a man. I used to say he was a man among boys. Like, he was living in his calling, and all these other guys were, like, just trying to scrap by and trying to figure it out. So that, like, just destroyed him. And first of all, We've said this before. I'm super protective over who those that I love. So I was like, "Let me at him! Let me at him!" And Mike was like, "No, Paige, well, no." You, you didn't. You, and, I, I didn't tell you this till years later, though. Remember? Uh, yeah, but I'm telling you when. Oh, gotcha. Um, and when he did tell me, I was like, "Babe, I don't know. Like, maybe we misunderstood him. Let's like write him an email, figure it out. Like, maybe we just misunderstood him. And we're never gonna tell names because it's just not beneficial. No. And if you were with us in that season of life, we're gonna extend so much grace to this man. Please don't try to figure out who it was. It's not important. It's not, not, it's, 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 that's not. And we'll go over that. It's really not important. That's not the focus of this. We're not done yet. We're not done talking about it. <laughs> but anyways. I just want to say this one point. Isn't it like Satan to distract us from our passion and our calling? Or distract us so that our passion and our calling is not pursued? That's Satan's biggest like trick in his book. Like He just tries to distract us. And this pain that was held in your life, that like was a dark cloud over you, all it did was distract you. Mm-hmm. It was the focal point when you thought about living out your calling instead of having that freedom to just run. Yeah. It was the chain of bondage. Yeah. Satan, and, man, and, he's and, a liar. And I think even before we get into the, when we... When we reached out to him, like I want to, I want to preface this before that too. The what he said was hurtful, and it shouldn't be, should not have been said. Hmm. Um, but the issue is with me, not with him. Okay, now in that I let I let someone's words hold weight in my life over the Lord's words mm. because all throughout. And, and here's the thing is, so at that point, does it become your sin? Cause it's a sin that was done to you like no, that. I, I, well, I, I didn't sin in it, but I think what I, what I was doing was I was, you weren't living out what God called you to do. So isn't that like Jonah running? Mm. Well, I think it turned into that, but we're getting think, to some mucky water. I don't think like to him, that point, that moment in time, that that action wasn't, I don't think, was 
me turning into my son. I don't know where we're going with that, but <laughs> but no, but what it what it did is I didn't listen to truth mm-hmm. and I let and here's the thing, he was a pastor, he was a pastor over me, and I, I should have like I mean it goes back to that thing of like pastors being people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I gave him authority over my life, like I submitted to him, but you know, when he when he spoke incorrectly I should have, I should have had, I should have listened to this sermon in the Holy Spirit instead of being like, letting this reign true. Mm-hmm. So, so the issue is like, yes, it shouldn't have been said, um, but what I did with it. And it's just like with anything else, like life is going to happen to us. It's what we do with it. You know, that is really what, what matters. Right. And I'm learning that now at 36 years old. So really what you should have done is like gone before the Lord mm-hmm. held it in your hands and scrape it off and say, I'm not allowing this to stick to me. And like, hey, this this speaks opposite of what you've been saying to me for years. Right. And it speaks opposite of the life that you're building for me right now. There's two prayers that I pray over my life. All I mean, I can't even tell you how many times. Lord, give me wisdom and discernment and protect me and keep me safe. And that's what I would have prayed, prayed over you. Lord, protect Mike. And keep him safe. Protect him from words of the enemy. And keep him safe. So, we wanted to get some clarity. So, this is like, what, six years, five years into us being married? Four years? No, Mike, we just said that it was like six months into us. No, 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 no. When when I finally told you. Oh, Zayo was already born. So, yeah, like four or five years. Yeah. And so, Paige is like. Being, you know, the bull that she is in a china shop, she's like, well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out. Well, I was just like, surely this guy didn't mean that. Like, mm-hmm. let's give grace. Um, you know, that would be a good MO, first off. Like, let's just give grace. Let's check it out. So we sent, I sent him an email because mm-hmm. you were like, I don't, I don't really I want to. I didn't want to at all. So I said, hey, pastor's name. <laughs> I just... I think this happened. This is a conversation. I know that this happened. This is a conversation that Mike felt like he had with you. Could you just give us some clarity? Could you help us out? Um, this is what he thought. And this is the effect it's had on him. This is the effect that it's had on him. This is what we thought was said. Um, is this what you meant? This is what he got from the conversation. Is this what you meant? Because I was like, you know, we're just gonna, we're just gonna figure it out, right? So, I don't remember, maybe two days later, he emailed me back, and he was like, Hey, Paige, I don't exactly remember that conversation, but um, I think if that did happen, this is what I was trying to mean by it. And, and, oh, I had said in my email, like, is that what you believe? Like, I kind of like put it on him, like, I need a yes or no. Is this what you is this what you were like, saying? Is that, is, is that what you believe? Because then that would really reflect on what you were saying. Sure. And he was like, yeah, I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe that um, that if someone is overweight, that that is a physical sin that people can see. Um, and that is something that needs to be addressed before being in leadership at a church. Yeah. I was like... And- Okay, so I read this email, and I remember vividly, I was at the park with our kids. <laughs> I read this email, and I was like, oh, heck, nah, no. <laughs> and 
Mike got home from work and I was like, so-and-so emailed me back. He was like, really? And I said, do you want to read what he said? He was like, nope. <laughs> and I was like, that's eh, probably for the best. But maybe a yeah, day I, later. I, I ended up listening to what you had to say. Yeah. So, <laughs> church hurt sucks. Gosh, it's, it's so and, painful. And it's, and, it's, and it's a real thing. Um, it's painful because you give that authority to them. Like, you willingly submit to the yeah. leadership in your lives. You pick a church. You First of all, when you're picking a church, you have to sub- pick and choose to subject yourself to the leadership that that pastor is in. Mm-hmm. So choose your churches wisely. Sit down and meet with your pastor. If your pastor is too busy to sit down and meet with you, maybe go to a different church. Because if the pastor is too busy to sit down and meet with you, maybe the church is too big to be able to for oh, him to know his yeah, flock. She's getting all preachy. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know how to be. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know. Like, the pastor is in charge. Like, he should know his flock. I'm not saying that he should be your only <laughs> spiritual leader. You submit to a small group leader too, probs. Anyways, where are we talking about this? So, <laughs> sorry. So, the process in this situation for me was that with this person, I trusted them. They were they were in leadership over me. Right. They hurt me. Mm-hmm. I listened to. Oh, we a wrote lie. them an email because we had moved to Tennessee by that point. Sorry. I listened to a lie rather than listening to the truth. So I started to decline. My my faith in my in my calling started to decline. Um, the fallout of that was, you know, it really just kinda, doubled down the hurt, right? Yeah, it just doubled down the hurt. Um, and then you know, also like five years later, like five some. And drugs start, started coming in more, as you know, you've heard in the, in the past episode, you know. So now it's just compounded where it's like, well, now you're a fat drug addict. <laughs> Mike used to talk really negatively to himself oh, yeah, about himself. Like oh, yeah. his MO was to always say that he was a piece of Poop. crap. <laughs> and so he, that just added to that negative list that was playing in his mind. Yeah, so... So how let's talk about the last year. How did you receive healing from that? Where how did that even come up as something you wanted to um, do? Well, I mean, so then I mean like then me being a starting to use drugs and light a page about them, like the weight was really no longer an issue. <laughs> you know, because like <laughs> That's the least of our words. Like, yeah, like, you know. <laughs> he had gotten gastric bypass too. Yeah, I got gastric bypass. But anyways, <clears throat> so um now that I'm now that I'm sober and sober minded, like it's I'm working towards that sober mindedness, like the healing just started coming when I started doing what I should have done years ago, which was looking at the truth rather than looking at the lie mm. and realizing like in the same way that i'm I'm a man like i i I have failed and I will fail. And I suck at times, you know, and like, I'm going to fail my kids. I'm going to fail my wife. Like this man failed me. And, and there, I'm, I'm, and here's the thing too. There's some people out there probably who probably like fully agree with him on that, on that stance. And I, and I'll be honest, I, I, I do to a point, like 
at that point in my life, like I was massively overweight and I did have an eating issue, but it doesn't mean that I'm not able to do the calling on my life. I'm making the most gross. I, I, I vehemently do not agree with him. Okay. I'm, I'm standing on that cornerstone. Okay. Uh, Mainly because who is without sin? Jesus himself. No, but I'm saying like ignoring it is one thing. Like, but then addressing oh, it. Oh, like, you were ignoring the sin in your life. Yeah. Is that like, what you're saying? Well, I'm saying like, if you just have a pastor who's like having heart attack after heart attack because he he's getting gaining more and more weight, like clearly there's an issue there and he's to be dealt with. So like that would be a disqualifier for a time being, but it doesn't disqualify you, period. You know, no, I wasn't... still di- disagree I, with you. Oh, well, okay. But, we all have sins that we're actively working on not having in our lives. Yes. My mouth could use some improvement, friends. <laughs> yes, it could. Um, but back to your question, the healing, you know, um, realizing that he just like, he's just like me. There's no difference between mm-hmm. me and that man. And we can extend grace to him. Yeah. And like grace was shown to me in all my awful things that I did. And, you know, he hurt me. It had a long and lasting effect. But I need to show that grace because at any minute my my pastor now could, could hurt us because he's a man. Right. And I could hurt anybody in our church. I could hurt Paige again. Like it's, it's very possible. So I think Yeah, and what do you do when when that happens, you yeah. know? We've had several conversations of like what do you do when you mess up? Yeah. Like or what do I do when you mess up? And vice versa. There was one time that I well, I guess I told Mike this a lot of times because little things would come up and he would like have such a short fuse with me. And I was like, if you're having such a short fuse with me on this, on this like thing that feels really insignificant and silly. I said, what happens when I mess up? What happens when I have some moral failure, whatever? And I think that like make me, Mike be like, what, what are you having for me? <laughs> <laughs> but I just meant like, we all mess up. We all fall short. And I am not, I don't think so highly of myself that I, I think that I'm above having a mess up. We are all one choice away from being exactly in that place as the pastor who cheated on his wife or, you know, say X, Y, Z sin. And I kept saying to Mike, like, what, what happens when it's my turn Mm. to extend this grace? If you can't forgive me in this really small, silly thing, will you ever be able to forgive me in this big thing? Yeah. And we had to work through that in our marriage. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I've learned is like, For the bad that was done to me in that time, in that moment, there was also, I mean, a ton of good because, you know, I interned a lot and I had a lot of opportunities in that, in that time in our life. Like for the one bad, I mean, the other things were bad, but you know, for that one bad thing, like there was so much good, Mm. but I let that one bad thing really resonate. And I think like for other people who like, grew up, you know, in, in a church and like their parents experienced church hurt and their parents left that church and never went back to another church because so-and-so was mean and, you know, whatever That's the story. That's just unbiblical. Like God, God gives us a format 
for when this stuff happens and how to deal with that. And if people have hurt you, like give them an opportunity to repent and to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that happen here recently. I won't get into specifics, but a really good friend of mine, we had a misunderstanding um, and it was dealing with Mike. And I've said it a bajillion times. I get super mama bear over Mike and want to like protect him. Um, I actually don't know what you're talking about. I'm curious. You'll know. Okay. Anyway, so she saw me at church and like I I knew going into church that I was going to see her and that I had to be. That I wanted, not I had, I wanted to be kind and gracious and loving, but I also knew that my heart wasn't there yet and that I had to reconcile between my heart and my head. So I saw her at church and she came to say hi to me and I like mustered out a small smile and like a little wave, which you guys know because you've probably been listening. That I That's not me. <laughs> I don't do anything middle. I am high or low. Mm-hmm. Period. So she knew something that was up then. And then I volunteered that afternoon. And she came to the room where I was volunteering. And she was like, hey, I just want to check and see if everything's okay. You know, she did the thing. Like, she was great. And I, like, wailed, guys. Like, inappropriately, like, wailing. The kids are over here. I'm sobbing. And I was like, I just, I can't talk about it. I will I, I will talk to you as soon as I'm ready. I'm just, I'm not there yet. <laughs> and uh, it's funny now. It was awful then. Uh, she was so kind and she she was like, oh, that's totally fine. Like, um, when you're ready to talk about it, I would love to talk about it. And poor girl, like, I blindsided her. She had no idea. <laughs> so a couple of days later, like, I had to gather my thoughts. I was trying to be mature. <laughs> And I went and I met her at the church and we talked through it. And I said, hey, listen, when this happened, like, it just was really triggering for me. Like, I felt unsupported by you. I felt like you didn't. I'm not going into specifics just because we still attend the church and I want to cover and protect all parties. But I just said, you know, I I love you. This is how this action made me feel. And when that happened, um, I just felt like you weren't on my team. And I felt like you weren't cheering on my husband. And I said, obviously, like my husband is like the person I want to see most succeed in the world. And I didn't feel like you were like on team us. And that was like hurtful. (laughs) And, And she was like, no, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, I think it was a misunderstanding when I said X, Y, and Z. I didn't mean that. I meant this. Anyways, I'm talking to a lot of generals. <laughs> sorry. It's very dumb. I'm sitting there going, who are you talking about? But I, I got it now. Uh, anyways, all of that to say, I was also like seven months pregnant. <laughs> and about six weeks ago, I was replaying the conversation in my head, and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I'm mortified that this whole conversation happened. I'm mortified that I was Why? Because, offended. Because you was crazy? I was <laughs> I, guys, I'm not a good pregnant person. <laughs> and so I said, we go out to coffee often and I said, Hey friend. I said, um, I was just thinking this week, I was going through that conversation that we had, and I just realized like 
I think I was crazy. And I'm so sorry. I said, I think a lot of my pregnancy hormones had a lot to do with that. Did she just smile at you like... She was like, yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> Here's the thing. When you experience church hurt, eventually it is so helpful to go to the person. Now, sometimes the pain means you got to go like take six months back. Sometimes the pain means you got to go to counseling. Always the pain means you need to go to the throne of Jesus. Mm. I prefer on my knees yeah. and it, with worship playing in the background and sobbing, probably. <laughs> I don't do anything small. But <laughs> here's the thing. You've got to go to the person. Otherwise, the person. it's just looming all the time. And there's that misunderstanding and when you go to the person, it gives them a chance to apologize and a chance to um, put a balm on that pain. And, you know, like in the story we just talked about with Mike, that pastor didn't. And it's unfortunate. He doubled down on it. But it gave us the wisdom and the open eyes to say, this isn't a place that we can be invested in because this isn't a safe place. And, time, yeah. and it didn't matter. We had since moved to Tennessee. But it's okay to pull away from unsafe people. It's okay to put that parameter over you. So I'm going to admit now, though, that I've been the cause of church hurt. Um, yeah. Which I, I didn't realize it until years later. Um, and it wasn't, the person came to me, but it wasn't like a, um, it was, it was a different circumstance. Um, so, I mean, and, and really it's, it's one of the things that I'm learning now that I'm getting older is that, um, we probably need to keep, I need to keep my opinions to myself mm. about things that have, the things that have to do with other people. Um, and that really what I mean is politics. You need to shut your mouth on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. So we're going to talk about that, that that awful thing. Um, social media and the harm that it can do and the harm that I let it do. I, I was one of those people who... Mike loves to poke the bear. I love poking the bear. I, I if lo- there's one thing I'm not crazy about, about mm-hmm. with Mike is that I don't love the poke the bear. Uh, stir in the pot is, is my thing. Uh, it's which, the worst. It is. It is the worst. But um, it's also really fun to be like, to kind of run in and be like, you know, like say something and then run back out just to see people go insane. Um, That's not fun. It's, it, <laughs> it is fun for you. I it get is it. fun for me. And But I'm getting better at it. But I'm getting better at not doing it. Mm-hmm. I've mastered doing it. <laughs> okay. No. Um, you know, and, and real, 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 real fast, the... the the biggest issue with like the whole like Facebook and Instagram like po- like political stuff and posting things like I would I would repost things like everybody else would but like I had a lot of friends who were were not Christians but they they would find it offensive and and that would make Mike double down like he was like I don't care if it's offensive yeah, I didn't care if it was offensive because I believed it but also here's the problem is that. Whenever you repost something or you share like an image or a GIF or like a, you know, like an article, you're not intelligent. What? You're letting some something and someone else 
be your voice. Mm. Instead of making it your status or your thing, you're saying like, you're saying, here's this. I'm going to let it speak for me. It speaks for me. And the rest of the world's going to look at that and say, you agree 100% with that. So if there's 90% of stuff in there that's good, and in the middle, it's like, I'm a Nazi. Well, you just said you that you just put that out there to support that. Like Also, it's, it's, like, it's just those little things are never going to fully encompass human complexities. Uh-huh. They're just not. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the problem is like we let little quips and hashtags speak volumes for us. And, mm. it's, and they it's, never it's have ha- grace and love for the other side. Yeah, it's a half of a sentence. And, and, I w- and I am, I'm getting much better, but I'm very guilty of that. So to put it into specifics, so for uh, one of my best friends for my entire life, um, a couple years ago, we were out for for dinner. I was visiting back home in Detroit. We were out for dinner, and there had been that like animosity like on Facebook between us every once in a while. You know, we were still really good friends, and whenever we could, we'd see each other. But we definitely had different political views and different religious views. Either way, well, we were out to dinner, and the conversation got pretty raw. And I literally said to him, "I was like, I just, I don't know." what your I wish you didn't have an issue with Jesus. And he boldly looked at me and he says, It's not Jesus who I have the issue with. It's with his people. Hmm. Meaning me. <laughs> and it that hit that hit hard. Um not hard enough for me to stop poking the bear and stirring the pot. Um that relationship ended. He he informed me that because of my brashness and because of my lack of love and grace, you know, 90% of that's based on my social media and like the stances that I chose to be a part of. Well, it's hard when you're far away. It is. Yeah. Like you size people up that you're far away from Mm -hmm. by their social media. I mean, that's all that you know about them. Yeah. Um, but he, he said, you know, I, I don't think I can continue a friendship with you. And he says, which is really unfortunate. And he's like, and, I'm, and it, he said it was really sad to see the person that I was becoming. And and that was really painful for Mike. Okay. I mean, it still is. This mm-hmm. is his nearest and dearest friend from childhood. Yeah. And, you know, we would always say his name was Sadness at our house. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty resilient. So even though like he he cut me out, I like I'd still text him. <laughs> every time we had a new baby, I would text him a picture of the baby. He was like, I'm then, getting texts every day. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um it was it, it made me realize like all that crap, all the political stuff that I shared and I agreed with, or that like I thought was funny, you know, like I would give it all up to have that friendship back. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to me. I I I I could care less Republican or Democrat or whatever side. I don't I don't. I I would much rather have that relationship back with them. Mm. And I'd much rather <clears throat> I would give up all of it to 
restore that. And I've, I've been praying for it and I've been, I have to remind myself almost every single time that I do something like that, like on Facebook or whatever, or just, just even like in, in conversation with people, like what kind of weight does this have? Mm, that's a really good, like, um, buffer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know where he is with Jesus, but I mean, I know that because of my actions and my attitude, you know, he was not, he was further from it than, than he was closer because of me. So that was really hard. Yeah, it was really, it was really hard to sit you and sit back and watch you experience that. I was just looking up Ephesians 4.15 instead, speaking the truth in love. And I just, uh, I mean, there's just like a thousand different verses that talk about how when we speak, our speech should be full of love and grace. So there's a biblical precedent mm-hmm. <laughs> for we're talking about so with all that being said one thing that me and my counselor have gone over before is that we uh it's very easy to remember trauma um and it's much it's almost much but it's much harder to like remember the good stuff <laughs> you know because trauma sticks out you know mm-hmm. we we can remember you can I can remember that all the times you've wronged me, but I can't even count the amount of times that you've loved me. Right. And so we're not going to end on Mike being a bad Christian <laughs> or being hurt by a, a pastor. Instead, we're going to talk about the good the church does. Oh gosh, guys. Let's just talk about the good the church does. Um I mean, what has, when Mike and I were, like, where do we even begin? We were talking Mm -hmm. about this. Where do we even begin? Okay, um, Mike and I both lost our jobs to COVID, so this past year has been really hard. And I know we shared on Instagram, uh, we both got jobs this week, two weeks ago, ago. um, that are life-changing for the both of us. Um. And I don't mean that lightly. Like, Mike is making literal double what he was making. Praise the Lord. And, I mean, it just, it it turns over a new chapter for our family, which is beautiful. All of that to say, there were times where, like, it it was rough. And I'm not saying, like, like we didn't have food. Thanks, food stamps. Like Right right, right (laughs) as we had Baby Wonder, our fourth kid, like, we both lost our jobs. Or Paige had already lost her job, and then I lost my job. So that was December 4th, right right near Christmas, and we had... And a couple um, that we know from our church said, hey, I had mentioned, like, Christmas is going to be lean this year, but you know what? Like, it's not a big deal. We always, like, we're not ones to buy our kids stuff. We just don't. Everyone else does. Why do we need to buy stuff? And we're like, Christmas is going to be lean this year, but it's not a big deal. And a couple from our church was like, hey, we would love to buy your guys' Christmas for your kids. And then, guys, it was ridiculous. It was it was redonkulous. Um, and like my kids were like, "What is it? Are you guys making up for the past seven years of not getting us anything?" Stop. We've gotten our <laughs> We've good gotten stuff, stuff, but just not a ton. And then Mike's sister was super kind and like sent yeah. a ton of gifts. Yeah, like, which... and then a, a family from the church, from our church, came and told like gave the the church a bunch of money and were like give it to this family, 
It was anonymous. And then within like two weeks later at the Christmas Eve service, someone gave Mike. People a, kept handing me money. Yeah, people just kept giving Mike money. There was a Visa gift card at one point. Like then at Celebrate Recovery, there's like more money that someone gave him. Like I, 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 got, like, I got in my car after Celebrate Recovery, and I sat there because like two weeks before, three weeks before, we had gotten a large chunk of money to help pay for to help pay for our bills. A friend of Paige's paid our mortgage for that month, mm. that same week. I forgot about that. And then... On, I'm so sorry, then, friend. Then, I didn't forget that you did it. But. And then that Sunday, somebody gave me more money at church. And then the following Saturday, I went to my CR, and the guys in my group pulled together money and gave it to us. And I went and sat in my car, and I was... I was I, I don't, I'm not a crier, but I was almost in tears. I was, I was flabbergasted. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like the, the, good the, the, this is covid like n- nothing good is people are not people are not in abundance but that's that's the, I, thing. That's the lord taking that's, care yeah, of us that's the lord it just care is of us. and god does take care of us um so my i had a nephew who died when he was 3 months old and it was very tragic mm-hmm. um and our my church um our church at the time was like hey what can we do for you and someone set up a meal train for us, and I gave the meal train to my brother and his family um, and my parents and stuff. And that was just like, I mean, I can't, I've lost track of how many meal trains we've had. Uh, it's just the, the church is so good, guys. I it's mean, so good. Talk about the relationships. Like, I was thinking, how many small group leaders have I been at their house till 11 o'clock at night? Growing up. Growing up, yeah. like... First of all, the thought of someone being at my house right now until 11 o'clock at night, I kind of want to punch them. <laughs> like, they had kids. My, what was I doing? Gr- growing up, I mean, I didn't have a dad. My mom had passed away. I didn't, I mean, like, my youth pastor was my mentor. Like, I spent more time with him than I did, I think he spent with his wife. Yeah. Like, he he loved on me in such a tangible, like, he, it's funny because, the age he was then is the age I am now-ish. I think maybe like a four-year difference, five-year difference. But like to think like giving someone who's not my wife or not myself or my job that, that much, much time is so sacrificial. Like so sac. And I mean it was like this. It was like that for like three years. Yeah. I had a um, a lot of dad hurt growing up. Um, I have a dad. He is <laughs> still married to my mom. But he was on the road a lot because uh, his job, he was home every other week. And uh, so I really didn't see him a lot. And I can tangibly go back from about fifth grade and tell you who the dad in my life was and in each season. Mm-hmm. In, you know, pre-middle school, middle school, high school, college. Like there was always a male figure that the Lord gave me. Mm-hmm. And helped me like have that dad around, and that's just God's people being kind, yeah, and loving me, yeah. I mean, I get I can't stop talking about the good things that have happened from our from just being among believers, yeah. And so you know what? If ninety eight percent of the time it's so great, I'll put up with two percent of just people being people. And guys, that that. That that two percent feels like it's a lot more. 
Right. I mean, like when... But that's when you have to stop back and like yeah. look with a grace picture yeah. and look like the totality. Yeah. Like that would happen when we meet that pastor. That was that was the 2%. I mean, like even even at that church, like that church Sometimes did... give it a lot of weight to yeah. make it more. Yeah. Like that church did, did so right by me and was great to me and great to me and Paige and had a lot of opportunity. But in that, that I mean, it was 2%. I mean, we met some incredible people who are still in our lives. Yeah. Um, but it's that, two, like, we, I, I let that 2% stuck. be bigger. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I, like. And again, it's so like Satan to have you focus on this, this 2% of just like church hurt mm-hmm. that makes you feel like it's flopped. Like mm-hmm. that it's 98% of just horrific people yeah. and 2% of good. I mean, my gosh. And also, okay, let's talk about this for a hot second. Every time I say that, it turns out to be forever. I was just thinking that. <laughs> um, if this is not what you experience at your church, I'm giving you a pass. Go to someone else. Go to a different church. It's okay. Don't be Prayerfully I mean, consider yeah, and do what the Lord says. Prayerfully consider. I do believe that the Lord releases you into seasons, so... Ask the Lord if it's time for him to release you from this and wait on him to answer. Don't be a church hopper, but also... Oh, for sure be in a in a body of Christ. It, yeah. it should be a red flag when people hop from church to church to church every six months to a year. Yeah. Yeah, it really should be. Um, yeah, guys, I mean... The church is good. The I church mean, is good. And, and like, one of the biggest obstacles was was the of of my church hurt was was me mm. and i'm gonna guess that if you have church hurt too it's probably you or it's your parents not getting over it or not being able to let go you're not working through it i, I didn't let anybody know that this person this person's words hurt me until for i told years. Pa- for years and i told then i told Paige, and then that's when the things started moving in the right direction bring it to light and so like if if you if your parents experienced church hurt and you were there and you saw it and you're pissed off at the church, if you know like if your church didn't handle COVID right in your opinion, if your church is if your pastor did something or talked about something wrong or whatever, don't be a wimp. Don't stay quiet about Ooh, it. And please don't talk to fifteen thousand other people about it. Um, biblically, we are supposed to go to that person first. Yeah. We are supposed to talk to that person. If it is a sin issue in their life and that doesn't change, then we gather someone else and we, what, what, what do we do? We go to that person again. Yeah. Um, so it's okay to have healthy confrontation Mm -hmm. and work things out. Don't don't sit in it because really all you're doing is you're sitting in your own crap, and I and I'm saying this because I know it because I sat in it, mm. and so like go talk to that person if you can, get somebody else with you to go talk to them to someone that that they trust and that they know too, like do it the right way, but do it. And there's gonna be freedom in your life. Like think about, let's take this for a moment. Think about the freedom that you could experience in your life. If that wasn't looming over you, picture that in your mind for a second. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes. But picture him for your second in your eyes. What would your life look like if that wasn't a weight that you're carrying around everywhere you went? 
Because God can take that away from you. And a conversation Mm -hmm. can take that away. And And you have to be open for that conversation to go sideways. Yeah, and and, and the, the freedom... The freedom that is available isn't contingent upon them. Okay, with that truth, say it louder. <laughs> no, it's 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 contingent upon you and the Lord, and you, and you like. Here's the thing: me and that pastor, we never had the conversation. I never went to him because it, honestly, it, it, after Paige did that, it wouldn't have been healthy. It probably wouldn't have ended well. It might have ended a little physical. I um, don't think so. You know, maybe. I like to think that. No, I don't. <laughs> but here's the thing is, I I've, I chose to move on and forgive him. And you can do that too. If you're upset about something, forgive. Get mm-hmm. over it. Have grace. Have 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 a just a smidgen of grace and you'll experience so much freedom from it. And again, isn't it like Satan to distract you with this pain? I mean, it's just such his MO yeah. to distract you with this pain. Gonna, so you're not living in what God has designed you to. I'm going to, you're, it's going to rip you out of your community. It's going to rip you out of this place of security and stability and life. And it's going to put you in a dark place and you're going to find yourself alone. In, in your piss pants. Also, go to counseling. It's good for you. <laughs> you can walk through this in counseling. And, 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 we're, saying, and, and I, we're saying all this because we, we've done it all. <sighs> and this, this, this is what's been working for us. Um, we've been on all spectrums. I've hurt people. People mm-hmm. have hurt me. I've extended forgiveness. People have extended so much kindness to me. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the people who have extended kindness to me. Yeah. Um. I guess our point is <laughs> that there's freedom in Jesus Christ. We know that. We've experienced it in our lives. And there's freedom in forgiving others if they've hurt you or if you mm. felt hurt by them. When they hurt you. Let's when just they, say when yeah. people hurt you. Yeah. And like the same, like get that freedom. Forgive, forgive them. Mm-hmm. That that freedom is there for you right now. It's not contingent upon them. It's there for you to have. You just you gotta want it and you gotta pursue it mm-hmm. and work through it. So work through it. Friends, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I know that this was a little less jovial <laughs> than normal. And long, I feel like it was long winded this time. I Maybe. Anyway. Uh either or. but we love you guys. We are so thankful for you. I love when you guys get in our DMs. <laughs> And tell us our your Hopping stories. Up in that DM. Are you making that up? Is that a song? It is now. Let's go. Uh, I love when you guys hop in our DMs and tell us how God is moving in your life or things that you have learned. I don't know if you ever want me to share those things, but I don't because the things that we talk about are pretty sensitive. Anyways, but thank you guys for just sharing your life with us. I'm just, I'm amazed at what... Um, God is doing in our cute little podcast. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, you guys. Um, I'm grateful for you, all the listeners. Uh, if if you're a first time listener, long time caller, whatever, uh, <laughs> and you, if you don't long time listener, first time caller. If you don't follow us on Instagram, go ahead and follow us on Instagram called Last So You Don't Cry. Uh, Pages Lee says this, so I'm just gonna say it this time. Um, I know it's so dumb. Share our podcast if you want to. It's really awesome if you do. Um, 
we don't get any money for it. So, um, but if you would write, like physically type in a review, uh, that makes <laughs> so much more people see our podcast. And also, if you guys, we have stickers you see on our Instagram. If you want one, DM us your address, address. and we'll send you one free of charge, not five dollars. I'm sorry, sort of. Anyway, guys, we love you. Thanks for joining in. Laugh so you don't cry. Love you, babe.